This is the Introvert's Bubble with Anang of Courageous Creativity, telling introvert stories, pushing ourselves to have more adventures and misadventures and to grow. Living life how we need it. As always, rating the podcast on any apps to listen to is always appreciated. I don't know who I had this conversation with, but they said something along the lines of, she was so this one woman was she was so tired of her expectations da da da, and part of that conversation was talking about because especially with her parents, her parents are very very extroverted, love partying, love going out, love doing things with people, love hosting and stuff like that, and she could care less about those things, and that really got me thinking because especially in America we have this i the ideal person is someone more extroverted who's always so like out there and stuff like that. And I kind of want to explore the idea of releasing extroverted expectations because we have those in our lives all the time. All these different things, even from the people who know us and love us, they slip out because that's how the world is, our world around us is built, is wanting people to be more extroverted with, they want everyone to work in teams, they want everyone to always be a team player, always talk about things always be vocal and always be the life of the party which i don't get how people always want everyone to be the life of a party you can't be the life of a party with every single person that's not how it works there's not enough attention span for people so i kind of wanted to go through at least for this episode the four expectations i want people to release because they're not helpful to us they're not not as useful as people think they do they're not very helpful and making our lives better in any way. I will probably, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I'm going to do an update on this in the next season because it's one of those things that's going to, it's going to come up again of like, why did you say that to me? Because that's not helpful at all. All right. First one is the idea that we all need to talk or be more vocal. Either a lot more or all the time. And my thing is like, there's not really a reason if there's no reason for me to talk why should I talk especially when I've just met someone people have already been like in a conversation and I'm gonna let them finish their story or I'm gonna let them kind of move on to something because of course if it's something that they're reminiscing about like I got I got introduced to someone to a group of people from another friend that we walked up to I'm not gonna just jump in there or insert myself because they're reminiscing about the past I don't know anything about their past so why do I need to be like, oh, yeah, meh, meh, meh. There's no reason to it. Another thing, too, is me being there, I'm going to be attentive. I'm going to listen to you. Don't you want someone to listen? I always feel like the idea of the idea of always needing to talk and always be vocal is that no one's really listening because they're, always, they're just, just barely listening enough to respond, to keep the conversation going, not actually to respond to what the person's saying and actually being attentive to what the hell is actually going on in the conversation. And I I hear that a lot more when I'm going to certain groups for networking because everyone has like their elevator pitch. They have their different spiels. They got to get in there because like, oh, I got to, I got to make these connections about my business. I got to make connections about this thing and that thing. And I got to make people know about this about me. But the no one's actually having a conversation of kind of like, hey, we could hang out Outside of just being a connection of like, hey, we both love hot chocolate. Hey, you like dogs too? Oh my God, that's my life too. 
that's what you're, I'm going to remember from people. I'm really, really bad at remembering people's businesses. I, I have the general idea of like, oh, you did photography. That doesn't tell me shit about who they are. I don't know if they do portraits. I don't remember if they do weddings, do pets, newborn, portraits, uh, boudoir. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, my God. I, I don't I don't remember. I don't know if they do seniors. I don't know if they do only families. I don't know if they only do black and white. That doesn't help me. Because then, of course, if I don't remember because there's nothing memorable rem- about what the hell we're talking about, then I can't exactly recommend you. Now, I have two specific photographers I use that I'm like, this one, if you want really good, bright, kind of dreamy portraits of yourself for like your business, but you want more like lifestyle ones, like brand stuff, or you want really good ones for families, yeah, this person's great. If you want something more, a little more business-like, a little more like sharp and kind of like cool, you want this person. See, I know that because I've... I've talked to them before. I've had them explain to me kind of their process. And I've heard some funny stories of like, yeah, I went to this spot and this place was gorgeous. But if you turn right, like you literally look two inches to the left from the camera. And this, she's like, yeah. And then there's like two deer fighting. It's like, okay, that's funny. That's interesting. That's me to kind of figure out. I'm like, hmm. I'll remember that because like, huh, family's kind of like trying to take, try to keep their attention. But I can't quite keep their attention because we're all like, the hell's a deer doing? <laughs> and the thing is, too, we're also allowed to not actually have something to say. Sometimes there's just nothing. I'm I'm not going to go up on a conversation about sports or cars. I was kind of like, I know how to drive a car. I know how to drive to a place to change my oil. I generally know where the oil thing is to put the oil in. I generally know where it is underneath to take the oil out. But that's about it. I don't care to. So I have nothing to say. I have nothing to add to the conversation. The same as I don't really have any add to conversation about children. I don't have any. I don't want any. I can talk about certain specific children. Of like, this is my really close friend's two daughters. I absolutely love them. They're my life. I do a lot of things with them. But someone else's baby talking about being colic, colic. See, I don't even know. I don't even know the word is. I'm not even sure what the hell that means. I have something to do with their mouth, I guess. I can't help you. I can't relate to you because I don't know anything about kids. Number two is that the idea that being friends means we always have to go out. And I've noticed this at certain times of lives. Especially, I say, once we get into college and... I say probably into like beginning of 30s because people are like, oh, we got to be so like, you got to be hip. You got to be cool. You got to you're like you're you're doing things if you're going out, not that you going in sitting at a friend's house and just chatting or watching a movie or eating dinner together. That's somehow not as not as important or it's not as high up there of like you're successful in your life, which I don't quite get but of course once you get past that when everyone's like "Ooh, we're gonna oh, my girlfriends are all gonna have fun at a, and drink wine at so-and-so's house and gossip that's perfectly fine once you hit a certain age but of course before that and you're like oh you're alcoholic or you're just boring but why is it a difference depending on your age or anything else and maybe i don't want to drink maybe i don't like going to these venues and and also it just depends on where you are because a lot of people are like oh this is kind of our 
this city is very known for concerts. So everyone goes to concerts. If you don't, then you kind of like, what do you do with your life? Or you go to certain bars or certain, certain, just certain venues that are kind of really popular. And some people are like, yeah, I've never been there. I don't care about going into bars anymore. I'll go to some if there's something else to do. As in, we're all hanging out there and talking and there's food. If I, you don't invite me somewhere if there's no food. I really don't care and I, I will be gone pretty quick. Like, okay, I talk to everyone, touch base, bye. That's not what I do. <laughs> but you have, there's certain ones, especially in Minnesota, we're very big on doing things. Like, if one has an arcade connected to it, they have bowling alley connected to it, they have other, other things to kind of do. They have like photo booths and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Get me there. I want to do fun stuff. I want to think I want to do things to be that have, have be more memorable. And also the idea of that I, I understand once you get out of high school or like the end of high school numbers because everyone now has their license. Everyone has the option of their own transportation. Or it's easier for you to get around or have money to do public transportation, get a lift, Uber, whatever else. And so everyone wants to just, they want to go out because they weren't allowed to or they didn't have much of the option before, which, yes, I can understand. But part of me, too, is kind of like, why would I want to spend the extra money? Especially for those of you who drink. Like, you really want to spend $14 on, like, a martini when you can make it at home? It's like, shit, or a frozen margarita, I can make that shit for you at home. I got a blender. We got ice. Get some fruit. You bring me the alcohol because I'm not sure which goes in it. (laughs) Number three is that confidence is somehow like a force, like it's forcible. And I'm not sure where I got this like picture from, but once I talked to someone else, like, does this feel like what you think everyone's telling us to do? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes more sense. Is that like the person who like walks in the room and they're just like, they're standing like confident and they they just like, they have practically have like a force everyone's gotta look at them they're so cool they're so ugh, i don't i don't even know but that's that's always the picture and like i don't need all eyes on me for to show that i'm confident i don't need to be the center of attention to show that i have that i know what i'm talking about i know what i'm doing if i walk into any conference any place about podcasting i don't know what the hell i'm talking about i've been doing this for over three years I have two of them working on three. I actually ran a podcast conference with a partner and we're working on a shit. I know how I'm talking about. I've done my research. I know how to do a lot of these things. I don't know everything, but I have the confidence of kind of like when someone talks about a soundboard or Hindenburg, which is no one else really knows. Everyone first thinks that, oh, that's a giant thing that blew up. No, what I'm talking about in podcasting, that is a different paid editing for audio whether like what's audiogram what's planally some of these people have no idea what they're talking about those are different things for creating stuff for social media for scheduling so i know what i'm talking about i don't need to i don't need to exude it so forcefully so physically practically i don't need everyone to just have to acknowledge it which i feel like it's kind of like i don't need your validation that I'm confident in something. Like, I'm confident I know a shitload about dogs. And that's because I love to research on it. And I don't need to walk into every dog park and kind of like, I know what that breed is. And this is their sicknesses. And this is the, the age range. And man, man, man. I'm not going to be a dick about it either. 
But I know if someone says something, I'm like, oh, yeah. I know what that dog is. Like, oh, this looks like a full-grown male. Okay. That's really interesting color. It's not the normal color for that breed. There you go. And the fourth one is... If you're not, like, physically adamant, then you're not passionate about something. And that's kind of the idea, the, back with the idea with, like, confidence in everything else, is that the idea that if you're not, like, practically vibrating with emotions of, like, oh, I love this thing so much, I don't, or if you, like, you love football and you something touched out, woo, you don't jump up and you scream and you're like, woo, or you yell at the referees or whatever else. That if you're not doing that, then somehow you're not passionate about something. Like, I, people know I'm passionate about dogs. Only because I will literally stop in the middle of a conversation to let everyone know. Ooh, doggy. And completely contain and continue. Because I'll sense it. I don't even see that dog. I sense it. I know it's out the window. I know it's on the block. Like, those are just, that's just something I do. So that's me. Like, I'm really didn't change any demeanor. It was just kind of, oh, doggy, continue. Move on. And act like nothing will help. Unless, of course, I have the option to go pet dog. I will leave you. But that's, I'm passionate about dogs. I will do that. That's kind of how I react. The same with some people who are passionate about, like, reading. Reading is not exactly a physical thing to do. You sit there. Like, yeah, you can have moments where you kind of, you want to squeal. You want to close the book. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. Oh. <sighs> Stupid people or like, oh, that was so cute. Oh, my God. That was so like, that was a plot twist. But not. Yeah, there's, of course, those memes out there that people are like, they throw books across the room and stuff like that. That's just them. But that's not the majority. That's not like that's, that's a little extra, but nothing wrong with that, of course. Or really, honestly, there's just, just the idea that we have to be so physically adamant and we have to show our passion. You don't have to show it when it's for you. Like no one really has like no notices or really cares about my passion for journals. Like other than kind of like I walk past and I stop kind of like, ooh, I'm going to get another one. And other than people kind of like, you want to get one or please don't get another one. But I don't, I don't show off partially because it's a little... It's funny on my end, but the people are kind of like, something's wrong with you. The amount of journals I have. I don't, I don't like post it all the freaking time on social media. I don't talk about it all the time. But it's a passion of mine. And so th- that's the thing. It doesn't need to be so out there. It doesn't need to have, again, validation. So these are my three, for the beginning, <laughs> expectations of extrovert expectations that I want people to release because they don't, they're not even useful for our lives. They're not really helpful for anybody to do anything better. They don't actually help you make friends. They don't make you happier in any way. And they do not, they're not precursors to success. They're not an indication that you are a better person or any of those things. They're just traits that other people have. That a lot more introvert extroverts inhibit and show off, but really mean nothing for the general scheme of life. So you don't have to do any of these things. You can release them at any point because they are not useful to us and don't feel guilty about it. 
and don't feel like you have to change who you are just to fit in in this way when it really, again, doesn't help us at all. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for the links to the blog and my Patreon where you can get more info, check out products. Hit me up on Instagram at the introverts bubble or courageous creativity. 